Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church. For more information, please visit us online at fivestonesga.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Five Stones GA. Thank you for partnering with us as we empower people and invade the culture. Uh, we are in a very important series for Wednesday nights, a healthy church culture. Uh, I believe it's, it's important because the culture that we live in, they seem to be very familiar with what we're against, but they don't really understand what it is that we stand for. So when Pastor had the thought of doing nine weeks of giving a subject of what it is that we stand for, I thought, wow, what an incredible idea. It's a very great teaching. Uh, I'm going to do something. I want to start a little bit different tonight. It's going to, uh, I need some participation and some transparency. You okay with that? This is a judge-free house. I think most of you are aware of that, right? Okay, well, let's try this. Let's see, let's see how this goes. If you have ever been delivered from, set free from alcohol, or if you still battle alcohol, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Okay? If you have ever uh, been a drug abuser, if you've been set free, or if you still battle that, I want you to stand up. If you've ever dealt with sexual lust, whether it be pornography, uh, maybe you've lived a life of fornication, maybe you currently live a life of fornication, I want you to stand up. Now, just to kind of cut the tension in the room, that's where I would have stood. (laughs) If you've ever taken something that didn't belong to you, I want you to stand up. If you've ever told something that wasn't true I want you to stand up (laughs) amazing isn't it I don't really see the point going any further for those of you that are standing I want you to remain standing and I want you to open your Bible up to the gospel of John in the 8th chapter I'm going to I'm going to teach from a very familiar passage of scripture and uh, by way of the Holy Spirit I hope to give you a different look of it tonight John, the 8th chapter. While you turn there, I find it important, even though he's not here, I want to honor our pastor. There's a lot of preachers, but there's not many who pour. He constantly pours into my life, and I'm thankful that God aligned me with him. And uh, I tell you, I've known a lot of men stand taller in the natural, but not very many stand as tall in the spiritual. Very thankful for Pastor Ryan. John chapter 8. If you're not there, say, wait on me. You you need to get off that Android. (laughs) (laughs) John chapter 8. I'm going to pick up in the third verse. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman called in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was called in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that that, uh, she should be stoned. But what do you say? 
They said this, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Jesus literally just gave himself the only right to throw a stone. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? And Has no one condemned you? <laughs> and she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. If y'all would allow me 25 minutes or so of your time, I want to teach to us tonight on the subject of a culture of honor. A culture of honor. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would add your blessings. Let your spirit fill this room, saturate this room, and every person that is in it. Father, come and do what only you can. I pray that you would anoint my mouth to speak your gospel. Father, I pray that tonight we would be changed and challenged in the way that we honor one another. And I thank you for it and I praise you. And it's in the perfect name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. On your way down, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I accept you. (laughs) Hallelujah. A A culture of honor. There's so many different ways and teachings that we could go on honor, right? Because most of us, um, yeah, yeah, David, you're right. You know what, guys? I dropped the ball. So last, last week or, or the week before last, Pastor did a teaching of series number one on love, right? Love God, love people. And he give out this sheet. Is there anybody that does not have a sheet that wants one? We got a few. We got some couple guys. We got some back here. I'm sorry, I I forgot about the sheet. If you haven't called it yet, number two is going to be honor. Number two is honor. Most of us can quote 2 Corinthians 6 and 17, which says, Come out from among them and be ye separate. The truth of it is, if we really want the church to come out from among the culture that we live in today, the best way to do that is by living out biblical honor. We, our culture is so saturated in dishonor that we really don't even realize that we live in it. Dishonor has become such a part of this culture that it's, it's actually now a, a way that we fit in. It's part of our society. It's, part, it's how we socialize with one another. We, we try to fit in with other people by dishonoring somebody. We're living in a culture now where dishonor is viewed as strength. If I can dishonor you, then it makes me look like I've got more strength. When in reality, dishonor does nothing but make you weaker. I'm going to teach you that in just a minute. It's a serious thing. Have any of you ever, ever uh, studied, studied the Word on a certain subject and, and the Spirit begin to give you revelation and, and it just shifts you naturally and spiritually? And you think, how have I went all this time and missed this? This is exactly what happened to me. When I did this study on honor, I could not believe how much, I'll just say this, how serious God takes honor. And it's frightening how serious he takes it and how we joke about it. 
Because the truth is, we live in a world now that we'll sit at home and we'll watch our screens and we, we laugh at stuff. We call it comedy. And all it is is dishonor. Now, I'm not telling you to be the kind of, you know, stuck-up Christian that can't laugh at anything. I'm not telling you that at all. But what I am saying is we need to pay more attention to what is dishonoring because it's even all the way up into the high of the politics of this country. They just dishonor one another because they think it makes themselves look better. It's something that we cannot play with. God takes it very serious. Now, if you've spent any length of time in church, you have probably heard a a preacher preach or teach on the subject of honor, if I had to guess. And you probably, I would say it's pretty safe to say, he probably went to Exodus 20 to the Ten Commandments and told you that to honor your mother and your father. And it's the only commandment with a promise, right, that your days would be longer. Or maybe, maybe he taught you on Romans 13 about honoring authority. If you have not read Romans 13 on honoring authority, you need to do that. Maybe what about Ephesians 5 where Paul tells us for, for wives to honor their husbands. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. There's First uh, Timothy, I did a little bit of study. There's First Timothy 5 where Paul tells Timothy that those who labor in doctrine and word is worthy of double honor. So if I had to guess, we've probably all heard some kind of teaching along those lines of honor. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I sat down with Pastor and he asked me to continue this series and, and, and to talk on honor, that's where I was headed. But I, but I got a shift. I got a completely different view. And, and I, was in, I was stuck in John 8 and I couldn't figure out where I was trying to go. How does this relate to honor as far as this story here in John 8? But what I began to realize is that the Pharisees paint a great picture of what dishonor looks like. Listen, I know pastor's not here tonight, and y'all probably aren't expecting to get preached to, but I got something I'm going to say. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I got something I'm going to say. In the fourth verse, the Pharisees say, Teacher, we caught her in the very act of adultery. See, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a lot of church people to me. Come over here and look what I've seen. Let me tell you about what I saw. Well, let me tell you what I've heard. Listen, listen, let me tell you. All it is is dishonor. It's dishonor. We are bringing bringing shame on people by exposing their shortcoming. And all that is is dishonor. Right? This is pretty cool because when you actually look up the definition of dishonor, you can do it right now. Go ahead and Google it. I don't care. Dishonor is disgrace or to shame. This lady, this woman in this narrative, she could not have been any more shameful than the situation she was in. We're all adults in here. You understand she was caught in adultery. So you have to kind of assume how she was probably dressed for the occasion. They brought her to a temple, to a holy place where Jesus was teaching. Do you understand how shameful this is? They paint a great picture of dishonor. And see, and, and we, got, we still deal with this in the church where we're all about, man, if I can just get people to see what it is you're doing wrong, then I look so much better. And we like to quote Matthew 5 and 15 that says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, right? 
Can I tell you that your light does not shine brighter just because you blow out somebody else's? If this house right here, if we are going to have a healthy church culture, we have to have a zero-tolerance policy for dishonor. Zero-tolerance policy for dishonor. Now, I know I told you what the definition of dishonor is, is to disgrace and to shame. Can I tell you what my definition is? This is Stephen's definition. All dishonor is to me is you're judging in others what you're overlooking in yourself. Because if I saw right, we all have been guilty. I'm going to preach in a minute. I feel it coming. I'm supposed to teach, but I feel it coming. I love this right here. In verse number 3, it says that they set her in the midst. <laughs> Boy, when I got that, when I saw that, it blew my mind because I've never seen that before. The Bible says they brought her to Jesus and they set her in the midst. Right there was where they messed up. They had a great scheme, they had a good plan, but then they brought her and they set her right in the midst of love and grace and mercy with somebody that had no condemnation, somebody that wasn't afraid of her sin. They brought her to somebody that stood in a position of honor. Yeah, that right there is where they messed up. Because what happens when shame... God, I love this. When shame meets honor, it puts you into a position for promotion. <laughs> they were putting her into a position of promotion, thinking the whole time that they were shaming this woman. Mm-hmm. Because what honor does, honor dismisses punishment, and it offers restoration. I'm going to get to my meat in a second. Because if you can understand the relationship between honor and grace where you find honor you'll find grace where you find grace you find repentance and where you find repentance you'll find restoration man the note taker is going crazy in here honor empowers people that's actually the definition of honor is to add value was that not our slogan epic empowering people invading the community the culture right to empower somebody is to honor them. But see, we've got this mindset in the church that the only way you get honor from me is if you've earned it. I'm going to have to touch on that in a little bit. But we owe people. We owe people an encounter with God. And if we can get a healthy church culture, uh-huh, we, can, we can stand in a culture of honor. And this is how we can get them an encounter with God. And it's going to take discipline. Listen, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that honor is an easy thing. Because this is what I've learned. Since I've been studying honor, I've been walking in honor. You know what I have found out? It is very uneasy and it is very uncomfortable. It is hard to be honorable, especially when you don't feel like somebody's earned it. It's hard. And this is, this is why I think that is. I believe that honor is a spiritual thing that you have to discipline yourself to walk in it. Because I think that dishonor is natural. We believe, right, that we are by nature sinners. We, we were born into sin, right? And I think that by nature we walk in dishonor. So when you choose to change your direction and to live in honor, you're going to have to discipline yourself to do it. 
We do not honor people for what they've earned. We honor them for who they are. And you know who they are? They're children of God just like you. They're created just like you. Mm. Oh, this is good stuff. I'm going to get to the good stuff. In verse number 5, it says that they were testing him. This whole setup right here was on Jesus. Y'all understand that, right? The Pharisees were testing him. What were they testing? Let me tell you. They were seeing which one is he going to be more honorable to. Is he going to honor the law of Moses? Or is he going to honor this sinful, punishable woman? It was a test. And what happens is, Jesus begins to show honor and show grace. We are, we, listen to me. We have a church today, not necessarily this one, but maybe a little bit, I don't know, that we are still honoring the law more than grace. We are still honoring the law more than grace. And what happens when you do that, we are protecting rules and we're setting a culture for religion. When what we need to do is protect relationships and set a culture for restoration. Ah, goodness gracious. Jesus help us. Protecting the rules. I want to see, I want this house to be lit, just lit up as a culture for restoration. People come here and can be changed. It don't matter about your background. Mm. Testing him. I love, I love how the, the posture of Jesus through all of this because Jesus, he, he never really seemed to be offended by the sin. Mm -hmm. And Mark, the sixth chapter. I'm not going to make you go there because most of you are very familiar with the story. Jesus is in Nazareth, and the Bible says he cannot perform any works there because of their dishonor. Right? You remember that? But what stood out to me is the Bible reads that they were offended by him. So what I'm telling you is, easily offended people are going to be the first ones to show dishonor. And that stands for the same of sin. We cannot, we can't be offended by sin. Because we are offended by sin, we believe that it justifies us to dishonor you. So when we dishonor you, what we're telling you is you deserve punishment. Am I teaching okay? My goodness gracious. We cannot, listen, honor does not panic in the presence of sin. Oh, that was good. Honor does not panic in the presence of sin. See, the church has this whole look right now. It's like, listen, I know you've got sin in your life, and I know you've got this background and all that, but don't show it to me because I can't handle it. Am I right? That's really, that's really the whole, the church is set up that way right now. And that's why we're, we're unable to offer, offer restoration. We cannot be offended by sin. I love it. Verse number 6, it says, Jesus stooped down. We've all heard this story before, I'm sure. And he writes on the ground as though he did not hear. Why? Because Jesus has no time for your dishonor. He has no time for your dishonor. He, you want to be ignored by Jesus himself? Operate in dishonor. Why? Because you can't find the kingdom operating where there's dishonor. 
Right? What did I just teach you in, in, in Mark chapter 6? It says the Bible actually says that he could not do any mighty works there. It didn't say he would not. It didn't say he didn't want to. It didn't say he would do it later. The Bible says he could not do mighty works there because of their dishonor. Dishonor humanizes the supernatural. Jesus wants no part of that because there's no kingdom in it. Because when you have a culture of dishonor, you have made a God that is like man and a heaven that is like earth. My goodness gracious. Pastor tells us all the time, y'all probably heard him, it's one of the greatest teachings he's taught me, is that what you honor, you receive from. And what you dishonor, you forfeit the right to. Which is 100% true. It's 100% true. But what if we are literally dismissing a move of God because of our dishonor? The Bible says that he could not do mighty works there. Verse number 9, it says that they were left alone. Jesus says, who condemned you? Where are your your accusers? Right? (laughs) See, I want you to notice that a posture of honor, it brought forth conviction, but it pulled out condemnation. The Pharisees were convicted. So they left. Shame and condemnation cannot stand in a culture of honor. And you know what else? Neither can the accusers. The accusers cannot stand in a culture of honor. My goodness gracious. Dishonor is is an assistant to condemnation. Shame and guilt. You need to feel bad for what you've done. You deserve to be punished for what you've done. I believe that Five Stones Church has been positioned in this community. That we can love people. Not be offended by their sin. When I, I'm telling you, when I got that revelation, it began to change the way that I even interact with some co- co-workers. Because I used to be that. I used to be like, you, listen, you're going to have to turn that music off. But see, now it's like, you know what? I begin to realize that Jesus hung out with them, didn't he? Didn't the Pharisees give him a hard time for eating with the sinners and the tax collectors? We can't be afraid of them. It doesn't matter what they look like. It don't matter how nasty. I'm telling you what, this church right here has been called and positioned to clean up what won't nobody else touch. Ooh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I heard another pastor say something like this, and and, and it, it happened to me. When we had our um, uh, egg hunt. And, and it was amazing because it came to my spirit immediately. But I was, I was passing out hot dogs. And this lady comes and she hits over one of the tables and it fell over. And there was half-eaten hot dogs. There was open mustard that was smeared. There was used napkins all over the ground. And I went down immediately. I was going, I was like, oh, let me help you. Let me get that. And when I got down there, I thought, oh, this is kind of nasty. I'm going to need to get something or I'm going to have to get some help. I'm just being honest with you. But it was a prompting in my spirit that says, this is why this church is here. I want you to clean up what won't nobody else touch. 
Hallelujah. Now, I want you to pay attention to this right here. I'm not, I'm not going to hold you long because I know we've got to help tonight, okay? Pay attention to this right here. Jesus says, go and sin no more. A culture of honor has to be open to correction. A culture of honor. See, I told you that Paul, Paul tells Timothy that those who, who labor in word and doctrine is worthy of double honor, right? So we, know, we understand that. But here, here's what I think the problem is. I think the problem is, is we give ourselves all the credit of who our overseer is. Because what happens is we, we jump church to church and we find a place that we like, a place where we're comfortable, where we feel at home. And we're like, okay, well, this is where I'm at. But what happens is, is we dismiss the work of the Holy Spirit and all of that. Because he will literally, y'all got, see, we take it way too lightly that we don't understand. The Holy Spirit will align a man of God in your life to be the overseer of your soul. And we play with it. We don't take it seriously. And I'm going to tell you something. If you want to grieve the Holy Spirit, bite the hand that he's positioned to feed you. But see, we, now we can't even be corrected. We don't, want the, we don't want the man of God telling us what we got to do and how we got to live. Truth. It's dishonorable. It's dishonorable. Guys, do we, do we happen to have uh, uh, 1 Samuel? Oh, I asked him to put... Oh, that's a bunch. I'm going to read it anyhow because I got revelations out of this and I want to show it to y'all, okay? I didn't want you to have to turn there, so I asked them to put it on the screen. This is 1 Samuel, the second chapter, verse 27, okay? Now a man of God came to Eli and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Did I not clearly reveal myself to your ancestors' families when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh? I choose your ancestor out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, and to wear my ephod in my presence. I also give your ancestors' family all the food offerings presented by the Israelites. Why do you scorn at my sacrifice and my offerings that I prescribe for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by the people of Israel? Now watch this, verse 30. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel declares, I promised that members of your family would minister before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. The time is coming when I will cut short your strength. Cut. Okay, this is a different verse. This is NIV, okay. The time is coming when I cut short your strength and the strength of your priestly house so that no one will reach an old age. There's so much power in that right there. Because what you have to understand is God asked Eli, he said, why are you honoring your sons more than me? And what you have to know is, is earlier in this chapter, Eli rebukes his son. He says, listen, I know what you're doing and what you're doing is not right. But then God comes back to Eli and says, listen, you've dishonored me because you're honoring your sons more than me. Why? Because what's happening right here is when a leader does not properly rebuke, it is dishonorable to God. And we are living in a culture today that we would rather our leader fear us more than God. Get yourself submitted. And I'm going to tell you too, pastor didn't tell me to say that. 
just, just to be clear, he has no idea about any of this. Well, he knows I'm preaching on honor, but that's it. Did you see that? Now, I want you to, I want you to check this out too because we just read it. Jesus, God tells Eli, I'm going to strip away your strength because of your dishonor. See, and that's what I was telling you in the beginning. We live as if dishonor is strength. Look at me. Look at them. See, I'm not that bad. Right? As if, as if now you're accomplishing something. When, when God said, because of your dishonor, I am pulling away the strength. And not just the strength from you, I'm pulling it from your generations to come. And now we, we live in a culture, the truth is, I mean, I don't think it's any secret that we're constantly getting, we're, we're getting worse and worse. Miss Diane, you can help me out on that. We're, it's like we're living in a day now that you would thought you would never see. Am I telling the truth? Could it be that somewhere we have dishonored God and our generations are paying for it? He strips away the strength. Now, here, here's the big one I want you to look at. Y'all remember in verse 30, God, he tells Eli, I promised you. <laughs> I promised you that you were going to be a priest in my house. Because uh, Eli is a, a descendant from Aaron. He told Aaron that it would be your descendants. Okay? He made a promise. We are all about standing on the promises of God. I'm telling y'all the truth. God's promises are unwavering. You, they cannot be moved. They're unshakable. We sing about it. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Am I right about it? Did you not see that because of the dishonor of Eli that he literally pulled back a promise? Jesus, help us. The dishonor reversed the promise. I, I, the reason I showed you that is because I want you to see how serious God takes dishonor. It's dishonor. You know, and I, and I know you've probably, I, I talked about it in the beginning, that you've probably heard a man, to, man of God preach to you about uh, honoring your parents. And parents will shout that down. Say, oh, yeah, preach that right there. And you drop your kids off to a, a kid's pastor and a youth pastor. Preach to them about honor. Preach to them about honoring their parents. But then we raise them up in a house where we want to be a friend. We preach at church that the man is the priest of the house. But we're raising them in a house where I'm your buddy, but I'm not teaching you how to honor me as a priest. And, and, and just like in Romans in 13, when I said that it talks about uh, honoring authority. Man, we are missing that. It's amazing to me that we'll come to church and pray for favor, but then we'll go to work and brag about who we told off. We brag about who we told off. How, how, can, we, how can we pray for favor and live in dishonor? I asked Pastor when I was preparing for this, I said, do you have anything that, that you would want me to share? He gave me one thing. So what Pastor said was honor up, honor down, and honor all around. And 
I hope he don't listen to this. Because when he first told me that, I was like, I'm not saying that. I mean, that's what I thought. I was like, that sounds like a, like a nursery rhyme, you know. I don't, want, I don't want to say that. But just like you know, a typical pastor, as it got into my spirit, it started to stir me. And I started to, to understand that sometimes we, we don't have a problem really honoring up because you, they deserve it. But when it comes to honoring down, can we, can we honor people who disrespect us? And when it comes to authority, especially on a job or in a school, if we feel like they're not doing it right, or if we feel like we could do it better, ooh, how to teach right there. We even do it in church. We do it in church. See, it's funny to me that some of us will say, I just can't engage in the worship. I just don't like to worship. But they're not thinking about the week before when they was they was dishonoring the worship leader. Because I I don't like the way he set it up. I don't like the way he sings. I don't like the way he dresses. And you're telling other people in the church, I I think worship could be better if, if he would do things different. And then you wonder why you can't engage in worship. It ain't got nothing to do with the worship pastor, it's your dishonor towards him. The word that I really wanted to share tonight out of all that was honoring grace more than law. Honoring grace more than law. The, the, the church, not, not this church, but the church as a whole, we have a reputation that I have to clean up before I go there. My God, I've had so many people tell me that. I, you know what? I've thought about visiting your church. I just got to clean some stuff up first. But you know why they feel that way? Because of the way we treat them. Because we come in here and we hide all our problems. And we got it all together. So they're like, well, I'm not there yet. So y'all just going to have to give me some time. When we all know that time ain't never coming. It ain't coming. I love this house. I love the people in it. I believe God's going to pour His Spirit out in this house. I really do. This is going to be, if, listen to me, if we can get a culture of honor and stand firm on it, together, key word is together, we honor each other, okay? You, listen, I almost would like us to do that. I, w I would like to, us to make a declaration together that, listen, you can talk about who you want to talk about and you can live how you want to live, but you better not touch my church, folks. I'm serious. Whether Even if you don't like them. Even if you don't like them. I, you, it will never come out of my mouth. I think I need to fix that myself. Now y'all like, who have you been talking about? <laughs> I really don't know. Roger. I'm talking about Roger. <laughs> but really, do y'all think we could unify to a culture of honor that says, I'm going to love you and I'm going to respect you and I'm going to honor you and I'm not going to let nobody talk negative about you around me? 
Because when we can set a healthy church culture that does that, I promise you, the broken are going to come into this door and we can have a room full of restoration. A room full of restoration. Glory to God. We have to honor the grace more than law. The grace that found you. The grace that changed you. It's the grace of God that changed us all. It's the grace of God that's still changing us all. I want to offer that to everybody in need. I, I, I love that word. How about this church being the church to clean up what won't nobody else touch? Honor produces grace, produces repentance, which produces restoration. I want to claim, I want to proclaim unwavering, standing firm, and, I, and y'all know where Pastor Tart would be on it, this will be a house of restoration. You can come here and, and get cleaned up. Don't you dare try to get cleaned up and then come in here. Come in here nasty because we want it all. And we ain't offended by it. We're going to hug your neck. We want nobody else hug your neck. And we're going to shake your hand. We want nobody else shake your hand. Hallelujah. So let's do this. Told you I was going to get done pretty quick. I don't want to hold you long. Let's stand together across the room. Number two was honor. Number one was love. Love people, love God. Y'all remember that? Pastor just throwing out revelations, make your head spin. Who would commit tonight to say, I'll sign up for that? And if you have, listen, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to feel condemned if you have been dishonoring your church family or maybe even your pastor. I'd be careful with that. I'd be careful with that. Because actually what Paul tells Timothy is those who labor well and word and in doctrine are worthy of double honor. I'm going to tell you what, the leader of this house, he labors well. He labors well. And he is worthy of double Y'all can tell him I said that. (laughs) But no, seriously. Let's clean it up. Let's respect each other. Because here's the thing. For us to set a healthy church culture, it's going to have to start with us. We're going to have to honor one another. I want you to know, Jason, I honor you. Roger, I honor you. Casey Buchanan, I honor you, sir. We are going, I, I, I can just feel it. I can feel the change. I, I, I can feel the freedom. Y'all, y'all feel that? Like there's just this restoration that's flowing. Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church. For more information, current events, and the latest news, connect with us online at fivestonesga.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Five Stones GA. We would love for you to be a part of a service here live. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here at 1358 Sixes Road in Canton, Georgia. Thank you again for partnering with us as we empower people and invade the culture.